0: Hi, nerds. I'm Michael Moore, hosting this podcast for Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. I'm here with Rick Nolan, Director of IT at United Structural Systems. Rick, how's it going today?
1: I'm good, Michael. How are you doing?
0: Very good. Thanks for uh, um, hopping on the podcast today. We're going to be starting off like we always do, which is uh, our icebreaker segment called Random Access Memories. I'm going to ask you a question, and there's three of them, and I'm going to... Have you just kind of respond with, uh, you know, the answer that pops in your head first, right? So your first question is, if your computer had a personality, what would it be like?
1: Uh, Depends on the day. I think it would be Skynet on some days. Um, (laughs) And maybe we're headed there (laughs) anyways. Um, uh, and most of the time, I think it's, uh, like my wife, it just keeps telling me what I'm doing wrong. And I do the best that I possibly can. I love you, honey. Uh, <laughs> that, was I, that, was
0: that was a good one <laughs> there. This is recorded. So now, exactly. <laughs> um, the, uh, your, your next great answer, by the way, your uh, <laughs> next one is, uh, what's the most unusual it related hobby that you
1: have? Most unusual IT related hobby.
0: I yeah. Ooh. I know. Yeah. I don't, you know, listen, this, whatever pops in your head, you know, when you, when you're working with something IT related or it's something you could have done in the past, if you want to, uh, uh, that was, uh, unusual or not, uh, not out of the ordinary.
1: Um, that's a really great question. Um, I'm going to steal that one for later, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I think probably for me, I would say, I don't know if it's necessarily related, but I'll, I'll give it my best shot. Um, I had uh, some time between jobs in the last, this past year. And so I took the time to actually do something I wanted to do a long time ago, which was uh, take all of my movies um, off DVD, et cetera, et cetera, and, and put towards a, a digital collection. So I don't know if it's unusual, um, but I also know a lot of people go like, ah, I really wish i Could have done that or did that or worked on it. So I did it. It was painful. God help me. It was. Inconceivable. Yes, that is some uh, truly work. Yeah, I enjoyed the benefits of it afterwards, but of course now I haven't actually watched a single thing. uh, Of
0: course, you do all the work, and then you're like, I've done all the setup, but I haven't even (laughs) watched (laughs) it. All right. What's the uh, most unusual place you've ever solved an IT problem?
1: Unusual place. Um, I can tell you the scariest, creepiest one for sure.
0: Yeah, um, I'll take that one. I'll take that one. Definitely, see, that one's good, right? I'm, I'm leading yeah.
1: in well with <laughs> Um, I was doing some work uh, on behalf of State Farm. They were this was early in my IT career. Uh, we were replacing like token ring networks to to Ethernet uh, networks, uh, which is hilarious to think about now and um they sent me to one location and the guy was in mobile alabama and it was the guy had never cleaned this office like ever like I, I i got done i i never moved as fast on an install in my entire life as i did with that one because i literally could feel things crawling on me Ooh. <laughs> That that shower literally shudder of the audience. <laughs> uh, I, it was it was horrifying and horrible, and um, I I still probably sweat a little bit at night when it comes to those sometimes. Oh, but it was it was definitely the creepiest uh, situation in that regard. I, I would say it's probably that one out of all of them. Um, we've all had weird stories, but that one's yeah. Especially time. It's almost October, right? So it's great time for the the night. Yeah, no, and that,
0: and that now, uh, um, yeah, that was disturbing and I appreciate it in every single way. Thanks. I hate it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) well, no, it's great to have you on the uh, program. Um, you know, looking at a lot of what, um, you have done over your career, uh, there has been a lot of work in infrastructure. And as we all know, uh, infrastructure has overgone, uh, a massive transformation over the past, uh, five, less than five years, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we, we all saw it coming, but it, it really, it, it really started moving. And we have seen infrastructure, um, move from, I have to patch this physical thing sitting here to now I'm virtually configuring something in the cloud and making sure it connects to another virtual thing. It's, it's really turned from, I guess, physical to conceptual. Uh, it's a lot of thinking inside your head now rather than grabbing something physical and updating it. Um, and I'm interested, before we really get started and dive into details and stuff like that, I'm interested in your thoughts. On, on on what that means, you know and and how and how you've dealt with that because I mean most of your work is an in infrastructure and you, you that means you have seen this uh, happen over a long period of time uh, uh, and and seen this uh, change and morph. So what what's your thoughts?
1: I remember starting kind of my career in that that vein of you know uh, to to really either date myself or it doesn't date myself nearly as much as I like to think it does. <laughs> kind of the birth of Active Directory, really, uh, around 2000 um, was was when I got my career started in IT. And um, the you know everything changes right in IT all the time. It's consistent. It's going fast. Everything else. Twenty years is a long time, and it and it amazes me to think back to what I did do, right? Um, I think we we were having a discussion the other day with a, with a couple of other IT folks, and and the conversation was, you know, what you know, cloud, and and we kind of moved past the cloud as being a. a a novelty so to speak right now it's a part of the the, the business process and now we're seeing you're right the, the the natural ebb and flow in it where now some things are coming out of the cloud right or or mm-hmm. things that that it's it's always the ebb and flow of these things and I, I told somebody the other day i said it's it's weird for me growing up where it's like you did exchange you know now yeah. you couldn't pay me <laughs> To go back away from like the 365 route, so to speak, of of that simplification of, of that build, if that makes but you sense. You don't
0: want to run commands to restore an Exchange uh, database that's gone corrupt? No, uh,
1: no desire. No desire. <laughs> while ever. you're sweating bullets going, I hope the email's there. I hope the email's mm-hmm. there. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's, I mean, that to me right there is is probably one of the great examples of a situation. I mean, I, I, and, and, and if you look at that, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, right, right, we're just talking off the cuff, but since the birth of 365 or whatever, we've we mm-hmm. drawn a blank on the name, we call it beforehand. But but in that grand scheme of the piece of that puzzle, that significantly changed a lot of our careers, especially on the infrastructure side tremendously because you did have that, the exchange team and to a degree you still do for some enterprise companies to when they separate out but there was a lot of stuff there where you're like what did you build your career on i built my career on active directory in exchange now azure ad simplifies things not exactly like for like but you know close enough um exchange and 365 is is You know really nice from that perspective of not having to do that so it's changed our career trajectory not just in terms of what we did and what we do now but also i think as we go forward right um what what is that next thing we talk about ai to death in that sense but the point being is that's the evolution of what we do in i.t right what is the next thing that happens along and so it's interesting in my day there was the great separation i say my day right i'm still not that old but it's it still one yeah. of those situations where it's like there's a separation between what we did in terms like you didn't script scripting for us was you know net use right it was it was it was a specific thing we did to map a drive a printer whatever else right that was as much as we did programming air quotes um as infrastructure folks nowadays devops is like all of it right infrastructure <laughs> infrastructure's code and things like that so it is interesting. I I I've often wondered, could I be now what I was then? Right. I was, I felt like I was a decent engineer in those days, but I'd be a decent engineer nowadays, or would be the programming side, which destroyed me.
0: <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Basically,
1: why it pushed me to infrastructure. I wonder now if I could still be that same guy, at that same time frame, which is is interesting to think about. From from um,
0: that's such such a great thought experiment. So by the way, um, you know, I started my career in t- in two thousand three. Uh, so I'm not that far behind, right? And I, and I will go, uh, you know, I'll catch myself going back in my days, and, you know. <laughs> oh, so, yes. Uh, uh, I, I know the feeling well, but what, what a, um, interesting thought experiment there, which is, uh, you know, could I take the me that's me right now and place it back, you know, in back in time and, and go, do I really have to do this? Right. Mm. I mean, you didn't know it at the time, but, but that's, I mean, uh, life itself does that as well. I mean, there's stuff that like, you know, how did, you know, how did we deal without having a smartphone? How did we deal without having, uh, you know, all this technology I have today? Well, it's because it's because, you know, prior to having it right, everybody was doing it that way. And that's the only way you could do it. Right. So, you you know, I, when the phone rang, right, and you didn't have a smartphone, uh, then someone just left a message and you got back to them whenever you wanted, right? You didn't have to, like, oh, I have a text message that I have to uh, respond to immediately, otherwise the world will blow up, right? So you're right, there's a culture change that happens. When the uh, um, uh, uh, when the new technology appears, right, and and a new a new set of standards and how things uh, um, you know how you react to them happens, right. So,
1: so let me give you one that that plays into that too, because this is interesting too. You take the technology side of that out of the equation for this next piece, really. When we started out, like you mentioned with the with, with the phone situation. Who who hasn't in IT, right, fixed something from the airport, the beach, the cabin, whatever else, right? That's that's something we've done. Well, it's interesting if you take a look at the whole dynamic, to me anyways, of saying, okay, in those days, wow, you're a miracle worker because you fixed it from wherever you were in that situation. Now it's expected, right? Um, same thing when we went through not just COVID, but we had that, like, you have to be in the office. I have to be able to see you to know you're doing your job. Well, now you're in a situation where you don't have to be in the office to do that. Then we all got comfortable enough in that vein that we started to move back the other way, which is we need to be back in the office. So it, it to me, I, I see a lot of ebbs and flows in just society lightweight, right? It, you, you have these interesting things. People always argue cloud isn't like a new technology, really, at the end of the day. Uh, mainframes existed um that did similar types of things that we've done in the past so it's just weird it we call it something different we put a nice little marketing spin on it if you will but all of these things all have interesting you know loops as as you go through them in time
0: it's very it's very true i mean you know you could make the you could make the argument uh, um and i think you were that um you know cloud is just a a, a, a very large mainframe like you said Right. I mean, that's essentially we've gone back to that that model of work off a massive computer, right? Mm-hmm. And have everyone connect to it. Because it works very well. Uh what you know, it, and, and always kind of with if we go back to um talking about mainframes, right? <clears throat> um the thing that worked really well with mainframes is that you updated it once. And everybody was up to date, right? You didn't, you didn't have to go individually like you did with client server, uh, type, uh, models where you have to update the server and then update all the clients. And then, and it, it's very time consuming, right? And, um, it's, it's, a, it's a scalable model, but it's very time consuming, right? So, um, yeah, yeah, there, there's a good point to be made there about, um, about, you know, it's essentially, uh, you know, cyclical and, it just reinvents itself with new names and in different ways.
1: Right? I think the you know you, we, we talk about like the old days was Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, the revolution of the 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 desktop computers we know it in that sense. And that's one of the reasons why I think AI gets a lot of the thing that it gets nowadays is it's probably the biggest invention for lack of better wording. And again, I my 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 oldest would kill me in the sense he does not see our version of ai being actual ai right um and so to, to our kids which is also interesting to think about how they view it differently um in that vein as well so uh, i'm i'm i have skynet as a, as a reference right from a from a pop culture perspective but it's funny to me because my kid looks at it and goes like no dad that's not how ai is that's not how it would work and everything else it's, it's funny to me um just the differences in the generations that we have that way it, you know, it's good, good point.
0: They don't, uh, they look at it a different way. And you're absolutely right. Um, uh, they don't have the same, same thought, uh, uh that we do. And it's just because of experience and the pop culture references that we see and all that, right? But in, you know, the AI that we are dealing with right now, and he, and he has a good point, right? This generalized AI is essentially a very good pattern recognition and repetition. Uh, you know, I can I can recognize a pattern, repeat it back to you, you know, and I I catch mistakes from the thing all the time, you know, and I correct it. And I love when I correct it because I correct it and then it responds back to me. And it's like, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm still learning. <laughs> I like I know you're programmed to say that, but I appreciate the apology. Right. <laughs> the um, it's an interesting thought <clears throat> And I think you're right that AI has taken a, um, uh, uh is it, gotten a lot of attention because it is the newest new, so to speak, right? Um, you know, we had, uh, uh, it, you know, it's a, it, you know, everyone's, uh, everyone looks back and said, well, we're not talking about, um, uh, uh, uh blockchain right now. We're now we're talking about, <laughs> you know, AI it's the newest hype word it's the newest thing it's a new thing that people can attach to things and sell things with um but it also is a culture change right because right. it does uh and i know this because every time i get an email that says i hope this email finds you well i'm like i know you type that in artificial intelligence just remove that first line <laughs> so no i know you don't think that the email finds me well but, um, but yeah, you, you you can tell that everybody's feeding their emails through uh uh you know AI, double checking them. you can tell that, um that, you know, every everyone didn't just automatically get very good at writing formal
1: emails overnight. no <laughs> like, not at all. I, I mean, I think that's one of the bigger benefits of the situation in a general sense and, and where I go with that is, when I was teaching um, help desk uh, folks, right? The typically younger side of the career, the, the, the inexperienced side of that piece is they're growing in their career. One of the tough challenges that you have in that spot, right, is is communication. Um, and so, right. being able to give them a leg up in those regards, I think is huge. I mean, obviously it can't do like what we're doing right now, right? Having a conversation, that's, that's a struggle with this generation coming up uh, who are used to talking by thumbs only um (laughs) situation and 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 i you know not to get too esoteric i guess but it, it it is concerning right in terms of that i have two kids my youngest can is chatterbox mr sales guy so to speak right at 12 i can already kind of tell where his career can go my 15 year old is the tech guy so to speak in that sense you know, wants to be an astronaut. I'm, I'm hopeful in more ways than one because I think you win at parenting. <laughs> you can say you raised an astronaut, right? At that point. So, um, um, but I, I think it's, it's just two entirely different people that I see from, from our standpoint for the kids. But I see that in a lot of cases and generations. And I, and I, I think there's a lot to unpack. Um, way more than, than one podcast could do. There's a lot. I just personally see a lot of changes that are coming in terms of personnel and what we do as IT people in general um, going towards the future. And I, I think that's one of those areas where it's, uh, it's interesting in terms of communication style, person to person is really, really gonna struggle, I think, um, as we go forward. Reading communication is easy, right? And now it's even easier because you got somebody to kind of do it for you, if you will, right? Um, so it, it's it's interesting to me just that, that how that's gonna change as we, we evolve. Um, and I think we'll have to change as leaders as well uh, to, to get around that
0: it's really interesting and it's such a great thought because communication is so overlooked uh in uh in business um and it's and it's such a great way uh to if you if you can master that skill and you can really be you know you know tweak your um your communication skills to come out the right way um especially to deal with leadership uh, and executives, um, which is a whole other skill set, <laughs> you know, in itself, right? You know, and these these are um, probably the hardest, and I completely agree with you saying, it, they're the hardest soft skills to learn um, and when, when you are new and uh, and trying to make it out in the IT field. I, I, it, it, it is so easy. For uh, uh, the newer generations to pick up the tech now, so easy. Um, it, you know, it is. Uh, they grew up with. It. They mm-hmm. already understand it natively, right? Most of them, and 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 they use it in ways that you and I couldn't even possibly think, right? I, I mean, it, it's amazing to me when I go and look at somebody that is twenty years younger than I am working on a uh, working on a computer. And watching them do things that I have never seen before, and I've worked in IT for 20 years, like you said, and and I'm and I'm like, how you know? But it's and it's and what we need to do, and I think what you talked about is, you know, as leaders, uh, we need to we need to step back, and we need to go, we need to embrace uh, what they're bringing to the table, mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, we need to turn around and coach them on the soft skills that we learn and bring them up to speed. Uh, I, the more we do this, the better off that you know, they're going
1: to be. Go ahead. Oh, no, I 100 percent agree with you. I, I, I one anecdote. I can tell a um, job a few years back and I guess it's been about seven years ago, six or seven years ago. Uh, there was a there was a lady on my team, and 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 I love her to death. She she was one of those that you just saw right away. She has that potential, right? And 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 I'm so proud of what uh, she's done with her career. She she's gone on uh, as time has gone by too. And the story for me with her was we were all in a in a in a group meeting together and discussing what we could do with this particular strategy we were on. And she pulls out her phone. Now in my day. Uh, got my got my uh, walking can again here, um, and by day, that's a no no, right? You can't bring the phone out. You're not paying attention to the meeting. We're having a conversation, whatever. She literally looks at me when she could tell what was in my eye for a second, and she goes, she goes, I'm sorry. She said I was looking up on the internet what we could do about whatever else point that we talked about later she felt more comfortable typing with her thumbs right talking back to that conversation again in searching on her phone than she does on the desktop computer with the with the keyboard and everything else and it was a it was a light bulb moment i've had several right we all have as, as we go through his leadership but it was a light bulb moment like i can't view this the same way that everyone else will um you know, I, again, I've managed through that section where how do you manage millennials, right? You've had to to write, you know, read the, Well, now what 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 do we call this next generation that we're trying to lead? Right in that same vein, and so I've I've always encouraged other leaders as well. You've got to learn your people. You've got to learn those groups, and then you got to learn that generational gap. You don't have to agree, <laughs> right? I mean, my, my kids do things I don't agree with, but you, you gotta understand where they're coming from. And I, I always remember that story from a few years ago along those lines, like, man, I gotta really adjust my thought process. She's not checking out of the conversation. She's checking into the conversation in her own way. And, and it was definitely a, an important moment for me to, to realize as well. You
0: know, and that's, and it's so true. And, uh, you know, the, When you talk about that light bulb moment, I had that light bulb moment when uh, a long time ago, uh, um, my, my kids are roughly the same age as yours. Um, but a long time ago, uh, when my youngest was like two, right? Um, she, uh, had, you know, she had seen us, you know, work, you know, on our phones and stuff like that during the time. Um, so the TV was on and so she walks over to the TV. And she starts touching the TV to try and interact with it. And I sat there for a minute and I just let her. And I just like thought, like, wow, this is really, this is what's going to happen here. I mean, this is a child that has seen us interact with phones. They, they know that they can hit buttons on a phone and make it do things. And so they're like, this is another screen. Why can't I do it with that? Mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, the thought process that 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 took me down, right? That, that that was just like, wow, this is where we're heading. Uh, a a um a uh, generation of folks that that understand, like from birth, that mm-hmm. you can interact with technology and make it do things, and um and that's not what we were done. That was <laughs> not what we were raised, right? So <clears throat> that's it's huge. It's a big difference.
1: They, they almost. Like, I, and I've noticed this, right? I mean, we've all seen different videos or things like that. People look at a Walkman now, right? And like, what is this? And, and, and <laughs> trying to like conceptually get around these things. And it's interesting too, because it, it's, I, I do like it from my kid's perspective because they see me interface with some older technology of some kind and they're like, wow, that's amazing that you can do that without having the ability to touch the screen and do, you know, and and so I'm like, I like being a miracle worker to my kids for that exact reason. But uh, it's also kind of sad, right? When you kind of get the rocking chair on the back porch uh, immediately moment. Uh, at, at that point too. So it, it's, I, I just, I think it's critical uh, to, to understand um, for, for all of us as leaders that it, the times are changing as they always do. Um and and I think we're gonna see even more of that again. I I, I could go on and on. I I, I it's I have a, a big soft spot in my heart, so to speak, for like where these things go and how to uh, to, to to move between. Again, I mentioned managing millennials to this generation. and uh groups of people that are going into security fields that are different than things like that. I mean, security is a great idea in that sense too, where now you can get the degree directly in security and now you get to bypass the help desk and learn the troubleshooting skills that are paramount at that first part of that stage or the programming skills that you learn at the very first you're able to go specialize. It's different now for for those folks coming into the, the workspace than what we did growing up and in, in yes. IT. And it it's it's great, but it's also not as great, in my opinion, too, because you do get to miss some of the foundational stuff that makes you a well-rounded IT individual as well.
0: It, you know, it's a great point. Um, the amount of experience, I think we've touched on this in the this boc- uh, in, in previous podcast, but the amount of experience you get from just uh, um, working at help desk, pro- <clears throat> like I said, in, in my career, probably the most uh, influential uh, um, several years of my life was working help desk, I, I you yeah. know, and and that's why I learned communication. Uh, that's why I learned how to um, deal with many different problems and get exposures to many different things. It was a very, very great experience for me, uh, uh, grueling, <laughs> but great. You know, and you look back on it and go, I, I you know, I put in the time and it, and it did help me going forward. Um, so that makes complete sense. Um, when you do get a security degree, uh, bypass that technology. And, uh, um, and and now you're you're trying to do IT uh, security for things that you have not uh, been exposed to um, there's a steep learning curve and uh, and I, I, that's a good question. Where does that you know what what's the impact of that? what you, you know what do you think the impact is going to be of that?
1: I think we're seeing the impact now uh, throughout the industry. Um, I, I I quote this, I can't tell you that the number is exactly right, um, and I can't tell you where I got it from. Years back, um, less than 10, though, there was a survey I read that surveyed IT folks like us and said, hey, if you could direct your kids into IT, would you you want your kids to do IT work um, as you go through that? 92% great number, because it stuck with me. 92% said, no, I would not want my kids to be in IT at all. Now that's our generation. That's our that's our group, right? Nope. Those folks are starting to get towards that field. So you have this interesting—I um, I hate using giant words—nexus uh, that's all kind of coalescing into one. It's easy. There's to-
0: two two giant words right there. You nexus and coalescing.
1: Nice yes, word. I, I'm I'm I get paid by the word. I think is that how that works. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs>
0: He ran um, this through Chat GPT before. I did. I'm on. I'm actually <laughs> an
1: AI program. i actually talking to you right now. I'm just I'm, I'm conceptualizing. Um, so it, I think you have this space where you're able to bypass the early parts. Right? You can go straight into into an advanced position. And I'm not kidding when I say this. Walking through somebody in a management role who did not understand the difference between the monitor and the computer and turning it on and off, like right? the old story we all had, but that was a recent story. Um, You have that level. You have this other group that says, hey, I'm not even going to get an IT, right? Because they saw the 2 a.m. phone call, um, the the 40 hours of on-call on top of the 40 hours that you did during that week uh, situation and businesses being unflexing on, you got to be in the office. (laughs) Um, You have all of that that's happened. You've had the skips, as I mentioned. You have a general what I've seen and I've talked to other leaders who've seen the same thing, a lack of troubleshooting steps being taught, right? Nobody's asking the who, what, when, where, why, how questions um, as well. They're not being taught that. So we have help desk people who are like, well, just just take that example that you did before and apply it here. Can't do that. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm not bashing everybody when I say, I'm saying just in general, we're seeing more and more of this. So, what you have is improper coaching. You have companies not willing to invest in their people by keeping training on the books, right? What's the one budget item that always comes out, right, out of the gate even more than security is training, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so you have this complete thing that's going throughout the industry. And then the force back into the office for subgroups, right, as, as a parent of an ADHD kid, I take this seriously. Where do they mostly go? They tend to kind of line towards programming and security pieces. They're not comfortable sitting in an office talking like you and I would, right? The, yeah. the loss of time and efforts and buddy having coffee and stopping by and saying, how did you see the game yesterday? They're not comfortable with that. You gave them an assignment to do. I got to do the assignment and I move on. But we're yeah. forcing them back into the workforce, <laughs> right? And so you have this interesting, like all this stuff's kind of going in kind of a witch's brew, if you will. And I think we're starting to pay the dividend, the, 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 the pieces of that going forward. And where I go to that too is if you look at that in, in where we're headed, less talent on the board. So now you have a talent war that's going on more so than anything else. It's not just the money and everything else. And I know there's some without jobs in different parts of the country, but by and large, right? And I live in Nashville, so we see this a lot here. There is a talent war that goes on. It's just less than what it was televised, if you will, you know, in the last couple of years. It's still there. Yes, it's just nobody's wanting to move now. So we, we have these great names lately. All like, you know, the the great, you know. Uh, all these wonderful terms that we've come back with lately in terms of that. Now we got the great staying put or whatever we're calling it, right? <laughs> and they're staying put, <laughs> but that's the talent. The great super glue. Yeah. They're the, the, do not work? moving. They're Can not moving. That? And if they don't move, then the talent stays, which is good in the sense for those businesses. But we're all trying to find that talent and that talent shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Well, it's been happening over the last 10, 15 years, in my opinion. I'm glad mo- a lot of us got paid during that stretch, right? When the salaries kind of started spiking and things like that, because honestly, they had been stagnant for a while. I'm happy for anybody who betters themselves at the end of the day, right? But I just think it's this, this, this complete, again, witch's brew, for lack of a better word. It's, it's all this stuff going together and you're seeing it. And now again, we're doing the old things too, right? You're really good at doing technology. You're fantastic at fixing computers. Go manage people. No training, no else elements to that. Everything else, and then we go like, well, I don't understand what what the problem is. Uh, it's 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 all of that.
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> all
1: happening at once.
0: That's um, such a such a great perspective on on uh, um, you know what's happening, and and uh and, you know it's 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 a lot of food for thought <laughs> for a lot of business leaders out there. Um, you know. <laughs> If you give up on training, especially when you have, uh, you, you can't just take people that are really good at doing their job and expect that they're going to be uh, good at managing. I, I mean, that's that's a misnomer. Uh, you could, have, I, I've had really, really, really stellar employees that were really not good at, at managing, but they were really good at doing their jobs, uh, right? And that's okay. <laughs> not everybody has that that soft skill, right, to be able to manage.
1: I'll pass along one thing. I promise I'll leave it alone after that. (laughs) But one of the things that I've always told everybody is even if you have a bad boss, you have an opportunity to learn. So don't just take the mentorship from those. And again, for all of us who have an opportunity to mentor, please do so. Right. I mean, I think it's, we all have great lessons to learn and keep in mind, you know, Managing and parenting are the same thing in a lot of ways. It's just different things, different age groups, if you will. But so mentor when you can't. E- but even if, and I, cause I had to learn this lesson early too. If you have a bad boss, you can still learn what not to do, which is just as valuable as learning what to do. And and so don't don't just fall asleep at the wheel when you have that opportunity. You want to move into manage, for those who want to move into management, if you're hearing this, that's my, my, my piece that I've shared with everybody. Find the times when it's it's not a good boss, a good leadership experience, a good situation. What can you take out of that? And sometimes the best answer is I would not do that when blank happens. And that's a- Yeah, that's a
0: great that's a great um observation as well. I mean, in my career, I've been lucky to have really, really good mentors. Um uh, but you know, that being said, you know, um everybody has worked with people, right? That, uh, and seen things that they said, well, I'm not gonna, I, I'm, I'm not gonna do that. And, uh, it's important that you bring that up because having that observation about the way that other people do things and the way that other things are run and being open and thinking, well, let me, let me take a look at what they're doing and see if it's working and, and whether or not that may be something I want to incorporate into the way I'm doing things. Um, <clears throat> or, or vice versa, as you just pointed out. You know, that's definitely not what I want to incorporate in my, into the way that I'm doing things. <laughs> um, no, it's a it's a good that's a good good motive. I, I you know I have seen uh, um, folks that uh, um, from a management standpoint that use uh, um, fear as their motivator, and I think I always think that that is uh, the wrong way uh, to do it. Stifles innovation. Stifles uh um uh you know people will just work to work then they won't uh work to uh uh you know create any real uh um change and stuff within an organization um so that that's definitely not a, a path you want to go for sure
1: yeah
0: um this is, we've we've covered a lot so far um let's uh let's turn to tech though for a uh, little bit um and let's talk about um you know you, you have been you've worked in a lot of different places. Uh, um, you started off with Dell. Yeah, As Dell tech support. Right. Yep.
1: I, I, um, it. That was my first job. And um, I I wound up surviving the uh, the average at the time was about six months in that. <laughs> um, I, almost to the almost to the day in that sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Think that good or bad, if you want to. I and, and I say this with all due respect to all my friends at Dell. In that sense, I uh, it, it, the things that that upset me maybe in the time they changed uh, because after after time as well. But um, I learned a lot from Dell. Dell was a great experience at the start because they had an amazing troubleshooting class that that they <laughs> taught. You were you were not on the phones at that time for six weeks when you first got hired on. That they took what a great with smart moves right oh, no. and so uh, it was um they went through everything they gave me the thing right the, the 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 piece where they taught you know the i call it the pregnant pause right the that i'll be back in just a minute and then that silence right for a minute right <clears throat> and they make you sit there and listen to it and like what does that sound like what does it feel like right so they they went to that level not just here's how you replace the modem in a, in a computer here's how you replace the cpu all of that stuff. It was all through that sequence, and so I had a lot of great foundational pieces. I learned a lot about business stuff, both good and bad, uh, through that sequence uh, at Dell. But uh, but yeah, I, Dell was, was was a good experience at the start, and it kind of propelled me into some of the other uh, positions that I had as well.
0: It's amazing the silence um, aspect of it that you bring up because it's it's something that makes people not everyone, but it makes people so uncomfortable to hear, right? So much so that. Um, when I do this podcast, I try to make it so that there's never any silence even when somebody's <laughs> thinking of a question I'm still talking yep. uh, while you think of that question um it's it's an interesting um uh it, it, you know I'd love to see you know the psychology uh behind what makes silence such a uh um such a forbiddable uh uh formidable uh, uh you know uh, thing there I you know, when we talk about some of the things you've done from an infrastructure standpoint, um, what I want to get into, cause we talked about kind of the prior pieces and stuff like that. And, uh, for fun, you even brought up token ring, which was hilarious. Um, um, so I, what I want to g- talk about now is, um, you know, what are, what have been your recent experiences past several years, um, uh, dealing with infrastructure in its new form, right? Which is this, reboot because it didn't go away it just it just morphed it's a shape shifter now right what's been
1: what's been your experiences in that well we talked about 365 a lot right so i i don't have to spend a lot of time there everybody knows the story there um through that process i, I think that's been a foundationally good change um overall again uh good good job of microsoft finding a way to uh to, to monetize the subscription model that everybody else used after that i think but uh it's uh i think that was a foundational change um i i think you know sd WAN has been obviously a major change in terms of being able to get rid of um mpls circuits uh, as well uh, I, that was one of my my favorite parts of cutting mpls circuits back in the day uh, was being able to cut those off for, for cheaper broadband internet <laughs> um sd WAN i think is, is a big one but again it doesn't get the, the the press anymore right in terms of that because of the way the cloud structure has been Cloud in general, I think obviously plays into it, the separation tiers of that, right? You you know, your cold storage, your your warm storage, things like that, things that have moved on. Um, I I think through all of those iterations, um, even the simplest things that we knew and used, Citrix, great example of another situation that has changed with the times as well. Um, you know, you had a large enterprise that would have that large, gigantic Citrix fleet, right? And then suddenly that was able to be in the cloud uh, in its way. Uh, good or bad, I'll leave that up to, to people's judgment in that regard. But some pieces of the puzzle there. Um, I think the ability to support these systems truly natively inside a browser is, in my opinion, one of the more fundamental changes that has occurred um in it in the last you know 15 years or so you, know, you had the the client software before but uh, but being able to kind of do some stuff through a browser piece or even an app on your phone uh is foundationally different. they're designed for that as well um but i, I think from a true infrastructure perspective it, it's been the giant change from the fat application on the desktop to the browser um window for everything to the point that i remember uh, having conversations ten years ago with the company going like, wait why do you not have an html5 application don't timeline <laughs> but it, it it's to me it's foundationally different in terms of that I, I had a uh, current company I'm at now we were we that are mostly in the cloud um that I inherited when I got on board with the company and we had a recent person come in and they they asked that deal about you know, how do you feel? And trust me, I can get into cloud versus not cloud any day of the week, but I'll, I'll leave it alone for now. But the conversation was what if we move some of this stuff back on site? And I'm like, do you want to move it all back on site, so to speak, or do you want to move just this one piece? And if you just want the one piece, is that really the right way to go when the company's already moved to the cloud for everything else, you know, for the giant applications? So, um, to me, I, I I think you still have those conversations going on. I, I talked with a company a few uh, few months back, and they had started what has become a thriving business in pulling people back from the cloud. So they have. It's an interesting thing for their company. They built their model on going, help people get to the cloud. Well, in the process, they built another part of the business on the offshoot that basically says, "Hey, here's how we help you get out of the cloud for those co- co- clients that want to do that." It's, it's like a really interesting revolving door. Yeah. <laughs> which is brilliant, right? From a business perspective, right? I catch it going in, and I catch it coming back. Out. Either way, I'm golden, right? Um, but uh, it's it's kind of funny to me that way. But I, I to me, those are the pieces I think that that stand out to me right away. VMware, the change of of having everything. I mean, again, I know you can use VMware in the cloud, but in a general sense, like right, the the typical, you know, server, storage, co- compute, you know, things like that. Um, it's interesting to me. Where you you don't have to do that now, right? You you've got the Azure layer, the AWS layer. You can do the VMware side. Not arguing about it's not benefits or not. It's just it's interesting that you don't have to do that per se um, for some some customers. And so server server and storage
0: virtualization was a major game changer in uh, <laughs> um, the ways that you know you could you know get and store data and then moving around uh, uh correctly it, it, it was a it was a major uh major change uh, yeah and
1: it wasn't but a few years ago we were all talking hyper converged yeah
0: yep. that's I mean, right
1: it, it's not been that long ago uh nutanix being obviously one of the big ones in that realm but it, it's interesting to me in the sense that and again they still have their clientele and everything else i don't think there's anything wrong from that perspective it's just we were talking hardcore about hyper converged and then we just we don't really talk about hyperconversion work work because it's just part of what we do from an infrastructure side. Is we find the solution and we try to find the best price tag of the solution. The one thing that has not changed right in our entire infrastructure careers has been one thing: we got to find a way to do it with duct tape and bailing wire. <laughs> <It sucks.
0: laughs>
1: right. What is the che- not even necessarily what is the cheapest solution, but what is the solution that gets us the most bang for our buck? <clears throat> and that's um,
0: really you said it right there. That's what is the solution? You know, and I think. It, it, you know, people have used uh, terms like this before, which I always think is interesting. Uh, listen, you know, uh, you know, what is the, uh, um, you know, the the model that is the economy model? Uh, what is the model that is the sports car model? Right? And give me the one in the middle, right? <clears throat> the one where I'm gonna it it's gonna be reliable. It's gonna get me what I need to do, but it, it's also not gonna um, you know break the bank account. And and that works for a good portion of individuals. Some people, they need the forum because of it, it runs critical business operations and, and it's also a strategic advantage to them to have it, right? Um, and, uh, some people, they can just get away with a or an economy, uh, uh, model because it just is what it is, right? <laughs> um, it, it really depends on the use case yes, that you man, have. And, and I think that's infrastructure folks have, have learned that. Uh, several ways because we have to understand, um, the underlying, uh, um, thought process of what's happening with this thing? Like, what is it going to support? What, what, you know, what, what are you going to layer on top of this? And, um, if we go back far enough, uh, you know, we never knew because they were, it was buy me a server and I'm just going to put a bunch of stuff on it right and it could be running the most mundane uh program but also the most business critical and so you had to like map out where all the critical servers were in your environment not based on the name but based on okay well this computer this server which is named who knows what uh has three critical business applications on it and it ties to a database over on this other server and you know and that was the hard part now you're just like, well, I'm just going to name it the thing so I know, you know, know what it is. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I, and I'll put it and I'll segment it into a special environment that I can set up for most, most critical things. So, mm-hmm. you know, we take advantage of some of the amazing technologies and, and things that they've given us to make the job easier and, um, help the, um, help the infrastructure team, uh, uh maintain a, uh, uh, uh a critical infrastructure segmented from other infrastructure that's not as critical so it's a good point uh, on that uh yeah. kind of bring that up
1: i think i mean you know technology changes right that's the one given and in, and in, in any line of our, our side of the, the technology curve i think it's just fun to kind of go back and look at times where we were and where you're at you know again i remember the first time you saw an all flash array uh, from a storage perspective and, and going, holy cow, I can't believe the performance that it's it's doing shadows <coughs> to whiptail in the back in the day. But it 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 was it's funny to me just now you go like that's the expectation. All right. And yeah. and we don't even think about anything else. Um and, and again you can still tear your storage and everything else, but it's, it's just nowadays you're almost kind of like, should I? I mean really like it, you know because and, and the argument, the hard part of the argument to me of the business is because I've i been having this conversation the last couple of weeks has been storage is cheap. Well, storage isn't really cheap. It's cheaper, yeah. but it's not it's not cheap. And depending on what you do, especially in the cloud, it's a completely different ballgame. Um, but it, it's just to me, it's 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 interesting just in terms of some of the things that we've kind of taken for granted now in the last you know, five to seven years, really, if you think about it, versus where we were, like, say, 10 years ago, where you, you were trying to figure out, okay, can we afford to do that? Now it's more like, why would you not do that? Is, is yeah. the question kind of you ask uh, on some of those infrastructure pieces.
0: Yeah, I would uh, I would say uh, uh, some storage is cheap. Uh, yes. But uh, it depends on where you store it and uh, what you're storing. Right. Yes. So, <laughs>
1: right. And if you keep it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, for sure. Um,
0: uh, I also want to kind of, uh, you had mentioned change, so I actually want to use this as a, uh, um, uh, uh, as kind of a transition into a IT crystal ball, which is the future of uh, IT as uh, um, I kind of put this uh, segment out here so that um, we can get insights from IT professionals like yourself <laughs> into where we're going, right? Right. Um, and we talked a little bit, uh, well, we talked a lot at length about, uh, where we were and, uh, where we are, uh, you know, and how we got there. Um, and now it just makes sense that we talk about where we're headed, right? And And I think that for this discussion, um, it'd be great to get an infrastructure, uh, um, uh, viewpoint on where we're headed down uh, the future of infrastructure, like where, what can we expect? You know, what are some of the things that are cooking up in your head where you're like, I need to get ahead of it.
1: I think as much as I hate this, because again, it's, it's the most popular thing you can say, you say it as an IT guy, I mean, oh, he knows things. AI. We got to find a way to, 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 you know, um, weaponize AI I, I I mean appropriately from an infrastructure perspective um do not give it weapons I think that's a bad idea um but I I, I think we got to find a way to 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 utilize that in ways and again I I, I understand the automation pieces and, and puzzle of that I just in general I think there's other ways we can get to utilize that as we move forward that we probably haven't really thought through yet right I mean the, the automation piece is the easy part of that we were automating before AI, though, so I, it always drives me nuts when I see the sales spam call type stuff. When it comes to that, I was like, "Well, you know, you use AI for automation." Uh, we were automating before AI. It's okay. Um, I I think you know AI is the easy one in, in that section. I I honestly think r- if I'm really pulling back that crystal ball, I think really it's gonna be um, behoove a lot of us on the infrastructure side to understand where the businesses are going over the next little bit. Um, I I anticipate some struggle points over the next couple of years um, in in a general sense. So getting invested with the business is big from a a personnel perspective. From an infrastructure perspective, we may have to kind of figure out exactly what we want to utilize and help those businesses uh, grow as we go along. I think the technology side of it is really the interesting part. Are we really seeing a pullback from the cloud? right, Um, is an interesting part. My own opinion on that situation, just to real quickly go through that is, I think the cloud is expensive. And anybody who says that it's not as a salesperson you're talking to, (laughs) you're leasing servers, and it has always been more expensive to lease servers than it has been to buy the server. Um, And so I think the struggle there is to see, is that actually something that's going to take place? If so, then that's going to be interesting for for a lot of us because I think going to the cloud for what goes to the cloud makes sense. If you're starting a business from scratch, go to the cloud. There's no reason to buy the structure on site. Blah blah. If you're a enterprise or you're in a situation, I know several enterprise companies are looking like, what if we pull this part back from the cloud? Because that's too expensive. This hybrid model, which is what I always thought it was gonna end up being anyways, the yep. struggle of that I think is, it, it puts way more pressure on the IT leadership in those sequences, right? This was there, it's not there now, what did we give up because of that? Or what did we gain because we did that? I think the cloud piece is gonna be an interesting one to see as we kind of play through it. I just, I, I never saw us going full fledged, everything's there no matter what but stuff there that makes sense and stay away. Um, DevOps has been talked about ad nauseum in that sense where we're living in that time, but I do think the element of infrastructure is code. I think that's great from an enterprise. I'm curious how that plays out in the SMB space um, because you're not gonna be able to, quite frankly, we're just not gonna be able to afford those DevOps guys in the SMB space. Uh, I know a couple of those guys in, in that deal and my hats, I mean, I bow down to them to be able to do code and, and server structure at the, uh, like th- that's person. If you have that person pay them, they're going to leave you. I don't care what you're paying. Them. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's, I think that piece of the puzzle is going to be interesting. And if we can find a way to do that at the SMB space, I think it's going to be very cool at that point. But I, I really think in a lot of ways um, it's, it's, from an infrastructure side i think it's business as usual in the sense that what we have now is what we're going to have in the very near future i don't see a gigantic change on the infrastructure side like you can say like in the application stack world or in other areas the security world i think it's going to play into that uh, a lot as we go forward too um so i'm excited about that as well but it, it is it is interesting from my perspective i i I see a lot of business as usual from the infrastructure side. And then again, take that good or bad. I just think it, it just may, we go back to our previous topic, it just may change the name of what we were doing before. It's not new, it's the same thing, just called something different.
0: Well, you know, and that's, there's so many good points in there that I'm going to let the audience digest and think about. <laughs> um, but it, you know to, to end and recap here, what it sounds like to me is uh, infrastructure, folks that have worked in infrastructure for quite a while are used to change. <laughs> they're used to adapting and they're used to uh, um, uh, you know the new names so to speak for the for the same concepts, right And um, even though the the job may change a little bit, uh, the the concepts are still there. And the folks that uh, um, uh, that have been working this <clears throat> are used to adapting and moving with that technology, um, so we may see change, but it's not going to be disruptive change, is what you're getting. I think, right?
1: Yeah. I, I again, I could be wrong, right? It's a crystal ball, right? Um, so hey, I, that's But so that's you know. how we
0: talk about it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It'll be interesting to see, but, uh, but yeah, I, I like uh, I like where we are, but I also I'm interested to see what out of the blue happens for all of us as we go forward.
0: Well, nerds, this has been uh, Michael Moore hosting this podcast for dissecting popular IT nerds. Uh, I've been here with Rick Nolan, director of IT at United Structural Systems. Rick, thank you so much for coming on. Please come on again. Uh, I'd love to have some more discussions and uh, and chats with you.
1: Sounds great, Michael. Thank you so much you <laughs>